0: Hello. She was a level-headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on the way to Montreal. Where she pressed her chest against me. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Got Hunter on with me, as always. And uh, we will look over the baseball season. Um the end of the baseball season unfortunately um tech basketball getting a a big time commit and then the college football playoff uh, the expansion and and what that means moving forward so here we go hey before we get to the podcast uh, i just want to do make sure i shout out our sponsor uh prime residential mortgage incorporated um They are the Lending with Passion Division of Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc. Uh, Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts uh, can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. Um, They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process uh, online, and it's easy. Um, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. Um, they can be reached at p r m i raider at primeres.com through the website uh, at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. Uh, so get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. Hunter, what's going on, man? How much? what's up? Oh you know, just trying to uh, you know, I got schools out for the schools out for the summer in terms of work, but still working on homework for grad school stuff. so it's like it's almost like teasing summer break like it's hard what? to actually.
1: <laughs> what classes are you taking?
0: or what are you? I'm getting my uh, my PhD in curriculum and instruction and so okay. If- yeah, the class yeah. I'm taking right now is uh, teacher concepts of teacher education so
1: what's the like plan with that what do you what do you do with that?
0: I uh, probably wow. a professor that's that's cool. the goal <laughs> but we'll see uh, maybe like curriculum director for a district or something like that yeah there's a couple nice. Mats. yeah so yeah that's that's basically all my summer's been working on that kind of stuff but um we we, you know before we got on we talked a little about you know should we talk about baseball but that like you said (laughs) there wasn't anything to talk about it was about as uncompetitive of a tech baseball series as I can ever remember seeing um and it's like it's like I told you they they did so much patchwork and duct tape to fill in for the injuries and then it just kind of they played a really good team and it and it showed so so don't don't be offended that we're not talking a lot of baseball. There's just nothing to talk about.
1: Yeah. And apparently we have the best uh shortstop in the country and he was sick and couldn't play. So that that's not ideal. Not ideal.
0: You know, I guess in the, the
1: decision to not throw Montgomery will get scrutinized. But it you know, you gotta win two games. So it didn't didn't ultimately matter. I don't know, you know, we weren't gonna beat them either day.
0: I don't I don't think. No, not not the way they played. So yeah, they were.
1: It's a. It just was weird. It's like the West Coast team, and like the perception that they have all this pitching, which their pitching was great, but um, that they're small ball and but like that was not Stanford. I mean, they are that looked like a Tim Tadlock team. They had like bombers that really took advantage of the of the you know the Dan Law and knocking the ball all over the park.
0: I got nervous when you said they were a better hitting team with than us. I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I still thought it would be competitive, but then I thought, eh, "This one may not end well." Uh, and then, and uh, then
1: their second starter through the game of his
0: life. Yeah, so that's always nice. Still uh, Stillwell played well, though. Yes. Yeah. They were, without uh, without him, I mean, I don't know how many hits we have without him. Not many. Just yeah. a handful. Yes. So anyway, so like I said, there's not much to talk about. That's that's pretty much it. Um, hopefully, we have better injury luck next year. And the uh, but good news, Tech found uh, Tech basketball found a, uh, a a big man shooter, right? Like, is that accurate? Yeah. Um,
1: I would. Yeah, I I'd get consider him a shooting big man because um, yeah. he can do it. Uh, and it, I didn't realize until I started looking at him in more detail that he I kind of thought he'd always been a shooter or shot jump shots more but he, he did not at Fresno State like at all yeah and then, uh, yeah redshirted transferred redshirted at UTEP and was there two years and that's when he started shooting uh, but I mean he's a I think he's like career 80% free throw shooter Uh he's got yeah you know pretty good numbers from three especially since the only two years he's been shooting is the you know extended back three-point line. I, I think he's uh you know in the 35% range uh, but he it's hard to just call him a shooter because he's really really good scoring around the basket I mean that's what he is that's what he excels at yeah and, uh, I mean it's he's gonna go down to, if he has a good year for us we play a lot of games and he is uh, the focal point of the offense I mean he, he will be in the top most productive college players of all time i mean assuming there aren't a lot of other covid seniors like him which yeah. according to what i was looking at there really aren't other than marcus De Silva, the guy we have right uh, you know there's uh six guys that that i could see that have made 400 or more two-point baskets and are 55 percent or better on twos and unless there's a guy, his name is like Kellen Grady, or he's at Davidson, unless he transfers power five, uh, only the only two that we playing power five are the ones we got, Bryson Williams and Marcus Santos Silva. And so Williams, he's 23 years old, Silva's 24. This is their fifth year of, of college of playing, maybe sixth year of being post high school, assuming they didn't do a prep year, which a lot of these guys do, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an intriguing kind of guy to add uh, to what we already have. I mean, he is going to be, I mean, I don't think it's, he could very easily be our, our best player, you know, the, the guy that we're throwing it to when we need a basket. And, you know, I don't know, uh, he's got decent uh, rebounding, like shot blocking numbers, but he's not just this like in, inside force or anything. Um, he, he's kind of lean but um, he's got legit offensive skill. I mean, it's, and it's consistent all four years. uh, And it's not the one thing I like, and I'm kind of like a stickler for this, or it's what I focus on is trying to like eliminate transition from, from guys numbers, Uh, because you can really like, for example, like Micah Peavy, maybe as an example, uh, you you know, like he, he gets a layup or dunks and transition. It's, that's not that translatable. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't really show you what kind of score the guy is. But if they can score in the half court when, it's, when a defense is set, that is, that's more predictive. You know, that, that uh, ha- takes a lot more skill. And I mean, Bryson, it's almost a negative to the extent to which he did not score in transition. Uh, that might change in our system. But, you know, almost everything he was doing was in the half court. Uh, he was like very, very rarely assisted on the, on his made baskets, which is another thing. Like when you're looking at a big, uh, it's something to kind of look at because Tariq Owens was great, but he had so many lobs that you look at his shooting numbers and he's like, oh, he's 60-something percent from the field. Well, you know, how many put-back dunks and lobs were there? Uh, but that's not the case for uh, Bryson. I mean, he, I think only a third of his uh, baskets were assisted. Um, so, I mean, he, and he's got the ability to play in games for a long time. I mean, he, you know, he's almost every single night, 35 plus minutes. And it's kind of similar, very, very similar to Zach Smith in terms of his conditioning. Um, and then also apparently, um, he, he's got some mood. He can draw fouls. I mean, I, and he didn't he, last year was kind of a blip for him. He was not as efficient or productive as he was the year before, uh, but the year before that. The only guys that were better at drawing fouls in the paint than him are, like, NBA players, like, no doubters. They're they're either in the NBA or will be at some point. Uh, And they're guys that you would recognize immediately. Um, So, yeah, pretty – it's the one guy from the very get go that we've talked about, like, we want this guy. This is the guy, like, anything beyond him is kind of gravy now, now that we have him, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I remember – you know, you guys, like you and RC have been – who've been kind of keeping up with just the huge amount of transfers. Like, that's the one that I can remember that that all three of you have been pretty high on. And so I guess, like, this is a – he walks in and is a starter, I would assume. Like, it's that level. I mean, you, you did say he could be our best player. So I would assume, like, starter.
1: Yeah, no question.
0: And is he – no. It seems like he's more of a four than a five. Like you would need, you'd want like a rim protector, true big man, not all the time, but ideally right. next to him. Yeah, I, agree. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's. I think, I think that's what
1: makes him so more, you know most likely to be our best player, most impactful player, because he's he can play uh, with a big guy and like still be the focal point, but he could also be the a small ball five, you know, and 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 be the focal point because I you know I think we. Just like we did last year, we will play without a big guy. Everyone does. And and he would be our big in that situation.
0: That makes sense. And I guess that's where those Samuel from TCU links make sense, is he kind of fits nicely next to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be – I haven't seen anything. I know just little chatters within our group, you know, just being on Red Raider Sports is the only place I've really seen us linked to him but yeah if we we, that would be almost an embarrassment of big guy relative to what we've had in the past having Silva Williams and Samuel a big seven footer who's been pretty productive and played a lot um that would be unbelievable it's I don't know how be yeah I mean luckily I, I guess Silva's personality and everything we hear about him it wouldn't be a, a problem because it's just hard. It's almost hard to imagine playing all those guys.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, you almost have one for every occasion at that point. I mean, you've yeah. got the, you'd have a big shot blocker a guy who can score. And then to me, Santos Silva is kind of, he kind of a, a good mix of a several different things. Not great at one thing. Um, and,
1: and I'd like to see, I, th- I think it would, you know, the Samuel ad for Silva would be so big because yeah, I'd like to see him play without without having to worry about fouls, like because mm-hmm. because he could just go. I mean, he could go play twenty minutes and foul out. Yeah. That's yeah. Samuel, and there'd be really nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. So is that how you would ideally finish out the roster? Is with a like a true big and then a another guard?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we could play the season without another big.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess depending on the the big. French guy, not expecting a ton from him. He had two years, Uh, but I I would think, you know, we've made it through a season with less bigs than what we have now. But yeah, yeah, a big would be nice. And then I think it's just uh, like guards who are, have unique skills, like a shooter, right? If anybody that's a shooter, take them would be nice. And, or if there's like a really kind of small, um, Point guard type water bug, somebody who's just really really quick and can kind of change the pace and stir things up. Maybe not never play, but maybe come like a Devin Thomas, you know type type guy would be something I would want to be interested in
0: adding. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess that is kind of the one thing you're missing. Is it is just that like quick can get to the basket, just kind of almost like a like a bench guy who if you need if you need a little spark, he comes in and and gives you spark. That seems exactly. Nice. And I guess uh, one of those transfers could turn out to be that. I just don't know them well enough yet to really know. But it, it does seem like that would be a, a nice thing to have. The to...
1: One guy I'm interested in, I think he's just going to play a ton, just based on the way the roster is shaking out, is that Malik Wilson. Um, you know, he he really has had a productive two years. And yeah. I, I want to ask uh, Chris Ogden about him or somebody should. Because he had um, – in a game against UTA, he was 8 of 11 from the field, 25 points, 16 rebounds, two assists, one block, four steals. I mean, that's, that is that to- is taking over the game completely. And, it, and he had a – that was when they were playing twice in the same week. And he had a similar game just a few days before that against him.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was against, you know, the point guard. The guy guarding him the whole time is uh, that Shahada Wells. I think he's from Amarillo who played. And he's at TCU now, I want to say.
0: Yeah, that is weird.
1: He's just kind of – I mean, he really had his way with, with – and Wells, I, I liked Wells. I was kind of hoping we would go after him. But yeah. I think we got somebody who's better and has three years left of eligibility. He's an interesting guy because hes he's got a Keenan – you know, Keenan was just – was so different because of how long and, like, physical
0: he was. And his first step was unbelievable. Yeah, and I don't – Yeah.
1: This guy may not have anything close to what Keenan has from in that sense or from, in terms of shooting. But just, like, being able to rebound and defend um, is kind of similar with Malik Wilson, or I'm hoping it will be.
0: Yeah, and that's something that's been hard for me to keep up with is just the, the sheer – like, I forgot Malik Wilson was on the team. <laughs> you know, and I, I think I saw a tweet the other day, like, Tech has taken seven transfers – and it's just hard to it's not only is it hard to keep up with the guys that you see that we're in on, but just the ones that actually sign here. You know, like I have almost totally forgotten about the K is it KJ Allen, the guy from yeah. last chance you like yeah, I, yeah, no, we were talking about bigs. Like, yeah, I mean totally yeah. forgot about him. He's a big technically. I mean,
1: we, we really totally forgot about him. You're right.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to keep up with. And once basketball season gets closer, <clears throat> we'll look into it more, but yeah, it's just crazy the the roster turnover, all I mean turnover at all levels, I guess you could say. Other than um, Adams and McCuller, you know, and then yep. Agbo and you know those guys, but it's uh it's definitely creating different, I guess. Yeah,
1: I'm excited to see I mean, it. I'm definitely excited about the pieces we have. And I don't think it's like nobody's going to be raving about us preseason or anything, but. Um, you know, I can I can see it if that makes sense. You know, I, um, you know, just a lot of faith in, in Mark Adams. I think he has an idea of, of what he's doing, and, and it's not going to take much. Like, we, we've got good players, and it's not going to take much for him to be able to to do something good. Yeah. I think.
0: And it's also nice having. It does seem like the core, this core group, is together. Earlier than we've seen in the re- most recent couple of years, it seems like we're waiting. Is this guy going to come back? Is he not? Are we going to get another guy, you know, a big time guy who's going to take a lot of minutes? But it seems like our big minutes guys are sure. on campus right now practicing, which yeah. hasn't necessarily been the case always. Yeah, good point. Um, one lot, the other, next thing we wanted to, to hit on is. It probably won't affect Texas Tech football, but maybe we'll get lucky and it will. But um, the college football playoff expanded to twelve, um, and I I, th- I thought twelve was an interesting number. I always thought it would go six first or maybe even eight, you know. But going straight to twelve, I guess they're just kind of getting out in front of it. What What do you think about the the number twelve?
1: Yeah, or I was surprised by it too, um, and. So have they said where the first-round games would be played?
0: At the home stadium of the higher seed. Okay. Because uh, that's what the, like, the Alabamas of the world are upset about because they have a bye. And so they're like, so we finish higher and then don't get that home game. Uh, so that, that's been the they, – they can see I've, – I've seen a few people float that they could see that being changed where everybody's first game – is if you're the higher seed it's at your stadium.
1: Okay. No, I mean, it's good for us, right? I mean, yeah. the the way the Big 12 is formatted with 10 teams and two play for the championship. So, 20% of the conference will be playing for a chance to be and it's they get a bye, right? If you I, win
0: yeah. I don't yeah. think they I don't think they automatically get a bye, but they do I
1: think you do. It. I think it's the four champions get a buy. That's why Notre Dame is automatically left out. Like, no matter what, they can't get a, they have to play the first round.
0: They, they, yes, they do. But I think it's the, it's the four highest ranked teams get the buy. And then, unless you're Notre Dame, unless you're Notre Dame, and then it's the five highest ranked conference champions are just automatically in.
1: Okay. But, anyways, I mean, real, can be, the number of teams in these other conferences. So there's, there's 10 in the big 12, one of them's Kansas. Okay. And so, to kind of take them out. I mean, almost 20 something percent of the big 12 is going to be playing in a play in game to go to the playoff. And then odds, it's also possible. I probably not for someone that's not in the championship to, to sneak in, but maybe, you know, some of those 08 years where you had us, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma state. I mean, um, it's just uh, increases the chances that we can have one year, you know, you you three-way tie for second and you, and you win on the tiebreaker and and you get into the championship and yeah, you might be a massive underdog to OU or something, but you know, you, it's just as opposed to in the past where like you could win the big 12 and not make it like, so um, yeah, I guess it'll just make things interesting because then, you know, later in the year you can, you can say like the, what if, of, if we went out, then we will be in second and have the time, you know? So it's like, we win the
0: next three games. We're in the, we're
1: in the playoff. That, that conversation could happen. Whereas before it could never happen.
0: Yeah. I, it's, like, I think I posted on the board. It's like, I was someone who was like screaming for the playoff. Like when it, before it happened, like we need the playoff. It's, it's the exact thing we need. Um, you know, it makes no sense that we just, you know, you decide a champion this way, blah, blah, blah. I did not, like, I don't watch any bowl games anymore. Like unless tech is playing in them or they're the playoff. And even if it's the playoff, I might not watch it, especially recently because it's just the same teams. And so it's, it is, I never thought that it would diminish my, you know, just desire to watch the bowl games. And it absolutely has. Um, so I didn't expect that, but I do think this is the, you can't go back. But I do think the going forward into twelve, that will like I want to see Coastal Carolina play a big a big time school like that's interesting to me. I'll watch that like, and so I don't. I would almost say at this point get rid of the rest of the bowls, you know, or maybe have like sixteen total bowls, you know, something like that. But it's just it's interesting to me just the the impact it had because I, I also have a. I don't, I wish that they picked the teams in with the old system. Like I wish that we still had the BCS computer system picking for the playoff. I do not, I don't know what your opinions are on the committee, but that's my biggest issue with this. That the committee is terrible. Their, their criteria changes every year. I mean, that's the whole reason the big 12 has a title game is because their criteria change. Like I give me computers picking the top 12 teams and I, and I'd be much happier.
1: Yeah, that's tough. And I, I, I never under I don't, I still don't understand like when they're picking, are they picking the most deserving teams? Oh, yeah. the, the best teams. Yeah. Cause I don't, it's hard to, even if you're being told to do one, it's hard not to do the other. Like, just depending on the person, you know, like one person might be more inclined to pick the most deserving the teams. And then the other one might be more inclined to just say, no, I want, I want the, the four best, the 12 best teams playing.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that's to me is like, people knew the BCS formula. It, it, like they knew exactly what they needed to do. They, you know, they knew that they can't just beat people. Like that's why, you know, there were scores being run up all over the place. Cause they knew that mattered, but at least they knew what the criteria were. But like you said, who knows, the committee seems to change what they care about week to week. And so it's just impossible to know, but I do think like tech can make, and we're all down on tech football all the time. And it's the, the trendy thing to do, especially if you're in, if you are a Red Raider. But theoretically, tech football could get to that level to where they're in the top 15, top 12 conversation. And those games at the end of the year do matter and they are exciting because you're, you're looking like, I don't think this ruins the regular season. Which Um, makes it more interesting.
1: Like I said, I mean, there there will be, you know, with two or three games left in the season, 12 teams make it, you know, there'll be at least 25, 20, 25 plus teams, maybe more that will be have a path to to playing. And whereas before, I mean, it's like getting the situation where like Alabama could lose maybe even twice and like be in, you know, same with like Ohio State and some of these others, where it's just like it's like a foregone conclusion what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and it it almost seems you ha- there's there's incentive for every level. Like you said, there those teams ranked ten to twenty, they're just trying to get in. Those teams ranked one to six or seven, eight, they are trying to get that buy. I mean, that buy is huge, you know. Um, so it's it's. You're, you're still keeping interest in your games late in the year for everybody, all levels.
1: And, uh, yeah, I kind of wonder this is, if you might see more of what BYU and Coastal did this year where uh, they scheduled. Yeah, you know, I think the game was canceled. but Or was it? Did they end up playing? But, you know, they, they were scheduling games like on the fly where yeah. Yeah. If you have like the, you know, two non-Power 5 teams that are having great years uh, figure out a way to like play each other. Like the last week of the season and give just basically play for the, you know, if there's any kind of discussion about whether or not they're the going to be the group of five team that makes it, assuming there's not more than one, they play and one gets in. Yeah. Stuff like that. It makes no sense that we schedule games 45 years in advance.
0: No, it it does not. Uh, But what I did see someone point out is that you, hopefully you'll see more teams schedule big time matchups because there's less of a penalty for losing them. Yeah. Like, Seems why not? not it can only really help. Even if you lose, you can win out the rest of your games and be fine. You, you have a little cushion. So you'll see, you know, bigger games played at the beginning of the season, which.
1: Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to think of what year it was. Um, it was not. So we got obliterated. We've been obliterated in Norman twice with a, ch- like if we won, we would have played in the big 12 championship. And yeah. so it was, maybe oh two i think it was oh two and we i mean i don't know what our record was then because but we lost like three or four five games but yet you know we could have had in that that type of season three or four losses and still been had a chance to play for the big 12 championship which now you know going forward would be uh, you know you make the playoff with three or four losses
0: yeah yeah and and i'm fine with that i've seen examples of teams who like switch quarterbacks or got some people back from injury, you know, and go on a run in this in the season, almost like you see a basketball. And that makes, that makes the tournament exciting. And I think you could see the same thing in football. Like you're starting, you, you may be, Hey, you know, like a few years ago when tech started out with McLean Carter and then Alec Bowman comes in and lights it up, you know, and you know, if we were better, you could see it, you know, a run with with a new quarterback that totally changes the the look of the team. So I don't know. I, I just think it, it adds some excitement to it and you're not going to go back to the old system. So you might as well be more inclusive with all kinds of teams. So yeah, I think it's a good thing. Like I said, we're years from it and tech's going to have to do some different things to even get in that conversation. But you know, it's interesting to talk about.
1: So it sounds like we didn't get the Tulsa corner.
0: No, we did not. And I don't did know. They- I don't know the whole story on that. Um, There was issues with credit, transfer credits, but I ultimately it may have come down to his DB coach and yeah other Tulsa transfer went to Missouri.
1: And I started getting kind of there was a lot of drama, you know, with him. It's it seemed like in the past week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and uh our buddy Ben Golan on Red Air Sports was quick to point out the uh His PFF grades. (laughs) Once we did not land him, he made sure to put his out, which were not great, but PFF PFF is hit or miss. But yeah, it would have, it's crazy though, because usually a a miss like that would have been like devastating. But now it's like, well, that hurts from a depth point of view, but the defense still has several good corners, which when, when have we been able to say that? Yeah. And
1: I guess it'll be interesting to see what we do, you know, with our two or three or however many are left additions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It seems mm-hmm. like, it seems like uh, Claire and, and Ben keep saying that linebacker DB, lineman. So we'll see maybe best available of those, those couple, who knows, but yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But it's it is it's nice to be in the position where those are bonuses. Those are depth pieces. Those are not like this could make or break the defense type deal. Yeah, but
1: for sure. But yeah, I but, want that Arkansas guy.
0: Yes, and that's, that's another
1: Julius Coates.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, another one that seems I'm, like. Yeah, he's one that seems like it's another deal. If like if we can just figure out the the deal with the. Credits the transfer credits will be in good shape.
1: That guy's a freak of nature,
0: <laughs> he seems like it.
1: He was a receiver in high school and played tight end at a junior college. Went to the last chance to do the original junior college and played, yeah, but like gained like 80 pounds. I mean, I mean, you watch his uh tape, he's like running down running backs 50 yards downfield at 6'6, 290. He just he looks like a, a he, he looks bigger than Tyree Wilson. Wow. It is right though. So let's say it, it looks like uh
0: Leon that's what Leon Mackey ate Michael starts. It's like, it's like. <laughs> so let's hope our, our academic department can get all those transfer credits figured out then. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we can add him and, and a couple more pieces and really like I said, I am I am way too optimistic on the defense. I don't know how to how to feel about that but i guess we'll see it play out here in a few months but um you got anything else nope that's it all right well um we will see y'all sometime soon um my wife's due date was last sunday so i will probably have a baby before next week the first one so i don't know that may put the podcast on hold for a little bit but uh we'll be back at some point so thanks for listening and we'll see y'all later